Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin hour number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming at you. Uh, because you are so good at what you do, do you not then take random chances like playing the Powerball, which is what? What, what do you win for the Powerball tonight, Kelly? You know? What's the- what, 1.6, 740. 1.6 you take the lump bill sum. or mill? Hey, Dave, come on. St- <laughs> st- Amal st- ain't interested for a mill. Come on. <laughs> oh, you got to go for the billy. Well, listen, I look at the odds. I mean, you're not going to play it for a million. I've never bought a lottery ticket in my life. Really? Yeah. I never. Play, play the odds. No. Me either. I, I mean, we used to do like as a family in Virginia Beach, like we'd get tickets and then. I think I've thrown in a couple times yeah. on, on Newsroom once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where it was, uh, the AP had to hit the hit the gas station quick and the whole Newsroom threw that's in. Like, let me, yeah, that's yeah. a Newsroom tradition. What happens if you keep the ticket and you just jump ship and you bail town? Oh, I've always thought about that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like not telling you. I don't trust half of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because here's the problem. Here in Nevada, you have to go to California. Oh, we can't get them here in Nevada? No, there's no lottery here. Tom Check's got time. How, how long does it take to get over there? We'll get uh, depending we'll get on how fast you're driving, probably about 20 minutes, 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, I can get circa in 25 minutes. Why hit the road? The way I drive. Uh, let's get to some more college football games here uh, on the Saturday docket that you have an interest in. One of those, of course, you mentioned that Alabama is one of those teams that still controls, controls their own destiny, which is kind of an oxymoron, by the way. But they theoretically went out, win the SEC. They're going to the college football playoff. It does begin – Saturday with a potential win at LSU. Now, Brian Kelly, I'm not saying that they're done after that opening week loss, somehow missing the extra point to Florida State, Kelly Bidlin's squad. But 
Now they're catching 13 at home. And by the way, I believe they're 10th LSU when the first rankings came out here. So they're like the school nobody's talking about in the SEC, but they only have that one loss to Florida State. Well, first of all, I'll tell you what, one of the best bets going right now, and I don't know if they're going to win it all or not, but Alabama around four and a half to one to win the national title. Look, they get through this game. They've got Ole Miss next week down in the Grove. They'll win that football game because I don't believe Ole Miss is that good of a football team. Uh, then they'll cruise through. They've got their annual bye week just before they play Auburn, better known as an FCS team. Right. And then Auburn is a dumpster fire, as we know. Oh, man. By the way, Tank Bigsby still can't get over the fact that he didn't go down inbounds in that game against Crimson Tide last year. Um, and then Alabama, they win this game. They should be getting to Atlanta, and you'll have Tennessee or Georgia waiting there. I'm hoping it's Tennessee. I'm hoping Tennessee wins this weekend because I can tell you right now, if the Crimson Tide get a second shot at against Tennessee, I love them in that spot. You mentioned Tank Bigsby very quickly. Will he be more? Would he be more remembered if he had gone down inbounds and they won the game, or now that go, oh, Tank Bigsby? The, if he just goes down, we beat ladder. Alabama. Right? No question about you it. You actually remember it more because yes. he didn't go down in But bounce. there's certain things you don't want to be remembered for. No, you do not. Uh, so, Bama's laying 13 on the road against Brian Kelly. What do you make of that number? Is it a little bit too high for your liking? It is simply because of how Alabama's played on the road. Now, they did beat Arkansas by 23 points on the road earlier this year. Remember, that game got tight in the third yep. quarter, but the Crimson Tide were pretty much in control in that one. It's One thing historically Nick Saban's had difficulty with are mobile quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels, the quarterback who's the Arizona State transfer, is as mobile as anybody in college football at that position. He's very dangerous. Uh, he's had a really good season, responsible for 21 touchdowns and I believe just one interception. Uh, the other guy that needs to step up right now for this team is Kayshawn Booty. Where you been? First round pick projection, first team All American projection before the season started with him, Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Jordan Addison. You know, Booty has not been there. He has not really showed out. He needs to have a big game here. Like to see LSU. Emory needs to step up for this team in the running game. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, Dave, this is a huge game. There's a couple of games this weekend, and, and look, I know I'm critical of the SEC, but there's no question about it. It's the best league. It's the best games to watch. These games back-to-back between Georgia and Tennessee and LSU, Alabama, are, I mean, you cannot wait. If you got plans, cancel them. I mean, you know, listen, you got a fake six somewhere, call in, whatever. I don't <laughs> care. These are two games you got to see. This is as good as it gets. I got to tell you, my lean here, and I'm with you on the LSU side, it feels like 13 is, is a, a fair number, a good number. I like the under at first glance here at 56 and a half because the struggles of the wide receiver position for Alabama, I know Brian Kelly is smart enough to realize I don't want to get in a shootout with Bryce Young. That's probably not going to end well for Correct. me at the end of the day. We know, as you mentioned, except for the Arkansas game, Bama's struggled to put up points on the road. That environment you're going to get down there at Death Valley, at a 7 o'clock Eastern time, I think we might have a low-scoring game here. I, I tell you, I have a hard time against Bryce Young going on the under simply because of how good and how effective he can be. That's the one area where I look at him and say, hey, this guy can be extremely dangerous. Um, Fine, but, you talked me out of it. No, I'm, I'm not saying it from that <laughs> standpoint. But, you know, look, if you're, Alabama, if you're LSU, you know, Williams, Godwin, these guys have to run the ball, or Goodwin have to run the ball effectively. Yep. Uh, that's going to be one of the keys for them. But. I just feel like they're capable. But Alabama, the last two seasons, remember they had the tight game against Florida on the road. Against A&M last year, they lose. They have not had blowout city. They lose the game against Tennessee on the road. There's some deficiencies there. And I'll tell you, the, the, the transfer, Jermaine Burton, has not really emerged the way I think Alabama thought he would in the, in the uh, passing game. Uh, he's been a little bit inconsistent in terms of what he's been able to do this year. Just 20 catches so far this year for 306 yards. They are balanced. You look at Brooks, he's got 376. Gibbs, 301 out of the backfield. So pretty well balanced. Holden as well and Prentice. But to me, Alabama, 
needs to get LSU off the field in third and short because the defense has got an immense amount of talent, four and five stars everywhere, but they have not played like that. And that's going to be the key for Alabama in this game. I want to get to a couple other schools very quickly that you mentioned earlier in the program that control their own destiny to get the college football playoff. One of those is Clemson. Yeah. And they're going to go to South Bend uh, this weekend to take on Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame, I mean, boy, Marcus Freeman, first couple games, people are like, what in the world is going on here? Feels like he's figured it out. Got this offense playing much better Clemson, I don't know if they plateaued because, you know, they, they got off to kind of a slow start, and then it felt like DJU kind of got his bearings back a little bit. We know that they're going to go with DJU again to at least start this game. Clemson's going to lay four in the road and a small total of 44. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game here. I'm not going to play this game, uh, but I, I think Clemson Wednesday, but I don't say that with any kind of confidence. I think the entire nation is going to be pulling for Notre Dame. The SEC's best chance to get two teams in, Tigers lose, uh, potentially the Big Ten, I doubt it, with Michigan and Ohio State's non-conference schedule. But uh, for me, this is an interesting game. And, you know, the problems that Notre Dame's had, they, I mean, they've had some games where you go, how did you lose to this team or that team? Marshall particularly. But Notre Dame can exercise their demons on these three losses. They're sitting at 5-3. and three, But I, I got to tell you, it was criminal of them to lose to Marshall. I'm sorry, oh, to Stanford. Man. Stanford. Look, if you... If you had the first two games you lost and you've won five, six in a row and you beat Stanford, nobody's really thinking about it. You beat Clemson here and you're in great shape. This is an important game for the Irish. We talked about it, recruiting and everything else. Yeah. Notre Dame with a big game. LSU, Tennessee. I mean, you talk about opportunities to kind of shift some balances in power here this weekend. Uh, very quickly, and I'm with you on that. I kind of feel like it is a huge game for Notre Dame. One other game, quickly, just want to touch on Michigan. It's criminal. They didn't cover last week the number 22 and a half. They won by 22 in a game. They completely dominated against their arch rivals in Michigan State. Harbaugh gets another little monkey off his back, if you will, after the Ohio State win a, uh, a year ago. Now they go to Rutgers. Are you ready for RU football? Is there any way that this – becomes more competitive than the naked eye would appear. No, remember, Michigan put up 78 on Rutgers one year up, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, in Piscataway. In Piscataway exactly. Yeah, I was going to say New Brunswick. Actually, that's where the campus is, but they yeah. play in Piscataway. Um, I think I like this game. I think Michigan's going to cover the 26. Woo. Remember, they struggled in the red zone last weekend. They scored uh, five field goals instead of getting touchdowns. That's where Michigan better get better before uh, – before they play Illinois and Ohio State. And, boy, with the running game and Blake Corm and, and everything they do and J.J. McCarthy, you would think they would not struggle in the red zone. Look, Sparty did a good job keeping them out last week. I cannot see that that happens again. And Michigan's defense, people don't talk enough about it. I really think you're right. They might lay the hammer down this weekend with Harbaugh and company on the road. Well, I think the Michigan offensive line has been better this year than they were last year. And Corm's yep. been unbelievable. But the one – the one thing to me is J.J. McCarthy's got to play well. I mean, I know Michigan's 8-0, and they're, they're, things are going in the right direction. McCarthy's completing 75% of his passes. But, look, he hasn't been overwhelming. Here's the thing. If for some reason somebody's able to stymie the run, can McCarthy throw the ball consistently? At Indiana, he threw for over 300 yards. But that's the only game this year. And if you look at three out of his last four games, Dave, he's been under 175 yards passing. That totals 45. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan gets most of that on their own uh, in yeah, this category. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this week. Oh, right. It's that low, huh? Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I'm kind of thinking, man, I might put up a 40 spot. Uh, yeah, let's, exactly. <laughs> let's talk a little NFL here uh, before we go to a break, and then we'll continue our NFL conversation. This game really intrigues me right off the jump here, and it's the Chargers going on the road now against the Falcons. The Chargers have been one of the more baffling teams. Look, I'm going to give Boy Genius 2.0 a little bit of a break because Justin Herbert has not been right. Okay, we know that. He's got like the flak jacket he's been playing with, the broken ribs. I don't know how healthy he is, and I think that that does make a, a bit of a difference in my handicap here. 
I've played the Falcons here in a tease. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. But it's because I don't fully trust the Chargers here to come in and just take care of an opponent on the road and in a, a game opponent that we've seen with the Falcons week in and week out. I hear what you're saying. Atlanta's been extremely competitive. They had that good win in overtime against the Carolina Panthers. They were very fortunate there. But i got to tell you, I like the Chargers in this spot coming off of a bye. Okay. The one concern I have with this team is health. You mentioned it with Justin Herbert. Inconsistency in terms of being healthy. And their defense is just riddled with injuries. Yep. J.C. Jackson's out for the year. I mean, they've had... They've had key cogs of their machine go down. No no question about Bosa injured again. Keenan Allen not spotted at practice today, so oh. that's something to be concerned with. You know, you you look at Bosa. Back in early October, he goes out for eight to ten weeks. I got to tell you, between him and Nick Bosa, I mean, these guys are made out of glass. They can't stay healthy. I mean, we know the talent. Austin Eckler is questionable in this Boy. one. That's one thing that concerns me. Jerry Tillery. I mean, Donald Parham. I mean, this is just a mash unit. But And this is off the bye. It is. I mean, if you lost your best offensive lineman for the year, Slater from Northwestern, he's gone for the year. You mentioned Bosa. J.C. Jackson's out for the year. I mean, these are top players, and again, we're hoping that Herbert is healthy. I I agree with you, but I still think they're going to be able to move the ball against his Atlanta defense. P.J. Walker and company were not consistent offensively. I think, remember what we saw in Cincinnati with that Bengals game against the Falcons? I'm not saying we're going to see something at that level, but I think we might see something just a shade or a step or two below that. So you think my my Falcons plus nine might be... um, Perilous at best. No, I think Atlanta will be able to score some points, but, you know, you're getting almost 10 in the NFL. It's always a good situation. Right. 49 and a half, a pretty high total, so we're expecting some points there. Let's continue the conversation with the NFL when we come back here, Friday edition of Big Bets on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sign up to bet the Breeders' Cup with Horse Racing's number one app, 1ST Bet, and get a $10 free bet plus a 100% match of your first deposit up to $200. Use the promo code HORSE200 to claim your offer. Breeders' Cup picks and insights on VEASAN.com are brought to you by 1ST Bet. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for the details, including how to get their free Breeders' Cup wager guide. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. Maul, you a big horse guy? Uh, no, I am not. I went to opening day at Keeneland, and I didn't make a bet. Not one. Not one. I, I told you this. I do not know. Like, Sean King is so into this Breeders' Cup. And, I, you know, him and, T- and Tim Murray, to check them out nighttime here uh, on the network. Like, it's fascinating to me to what horse people do. Like, they, this is, like, not a Super Bowl for them, but they're fired up for this Breeders' Cup. To me, it's like horse number two. I, I'm rooting for horse number two in every race. It's not a good strategy, America. I would not recommend it. No, it's not. And, and it's also not the way to make money do it racing, but I, I bet the same way, Dave. Right. I'm like, just to win. Yes, just to win. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm no not, really? I'm not, I don't need the six, seven, eight boxed and whatever and blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It just sounds like a good, it's like the crab stable. It's a good way for me to lose more money. Like, it's no. Ton of fun. But yeah, normally doesn't work out very well. My strategy, I trust some of the worst people we have here at the network. Much more than uh, my fail-proof Yes, strategy. you should. Uh, let's get back to the NFL uh, conversation a little bit. There are some very intriguing games. Gang, we're going to have Lawrence Holmes join us a little bit later. For everybody in Chicago, you know exactly who Lawrence is. Uh, he's been a, a voice in Chicago for decades now, uh, talking Bears and all things Chicago sports. Bears now getting points this week against the Dolphins coming in. The Dolphins are such an intriguing team. They get off on the good foot with Tua. Then you get the, the injury seen around the world, and he's out for a couple weeks, and they really look like they're plummeting. And now with Tua back, they're back. They get the great cover if you had them minus three and a half last week against the Lions. In a game, they were getting beat down in early. Somehow they come back and win by four. Now they're going to lay four and a half against the Bears. Spunky Bears team, but at the end, did not get close to covering the big number they were getting in Big D last week. What do you make of this week's matchup? You know, I like the Chicago Bears here. I think the offense has gotten a lot more confidence. We've seen it over the last couple of games, the New England game. Now, the defense was completely inept, but I think they'll play better than that. Uh, Tua's played well. I think quietly people are not realizing how well Tua's played. Jalen Waddle, we see really coming into his own. This team is dangerous. Um, the one concern I have is can the Bears slow down the perimeter of the Miami Dolphins in this game? 
I still think, though, Chicago's going to be dangerous here. How much of an impact does Bradley Chubb have is the question mark for me here. One of your uh, top plays of the week, as you see yep. here, your your solo play in the NFL, taking the Bears plus the four and a half. Yep. I don't know if it's something about Soldier Field, something about Chicago, but we saw it week one with San Francisco, and I know that was Trey Lance who was in that game at the time. It feels like when you get to Chicago, you see the total 45 and a half, right? I mean, what the, what the Dolphins put up almost a 40 spot last week in Detroit alone. It just seems like teams get slowed down. So you mentioned, and it, look, the field conditions there in Soldier Field are always another point of contention there for, for the league and otherwise. It just does not feel like to be a good runner's track, if you will. Is there is that really built into the handicap here that in Chicago's teams on this grass and this poor field conditions a lot of times just don't get to really put their track shoes on? Yeah, I don't think it's that. I, I think, you know, what the Bears have shown a lot more competitiveness, even though they got blown out by Dallas. Think about this. The old Bears probably last year or in the beginning of the season – down 28 There's no seven. fight. There's no fight. They come back, make that thing 28-23. Yeah. Miami, as well as they've played overall, has been a little bit inconsistent. So I think this is an opportunity for the Bears here. I like the four and a half at home with the Bears. Let's move on to the Colts and the Patriots. Why? Because we have to. So you look at the Colts now, and uh, Kelly mentioned it earlier yesterday as well. And Kelly, I believe Jonathan Taylor still not at practice Did today not practice Bears? again today for the Colts. So, you know, it's really bad when that happens on, say, Wednesday, Thursday. It's worse when it happens on Friday. So we're not saying that he's out, but take it for what it's worth. So now that number's ticked back up to six. Remember yesterday Officially was ruled out. I'm getting word from downstairs. So it has been ruled out. Bam, there it is. So, again, we were kind of leading you down the primrose path when a guy doesn't practice for three days. More than likely he's not going to play. It is now official. Jonathan Taylor is out. It was five and a half yesterday. It goes back up to six here. Can you make a case to still back the Colts with no Naheem Hines? He's now in Buffalo and no JT this week for the, for the running game. Absolutely. The, the Patriots get another opportunity to play an inept young quarterback. Uh, I mean, Sam Ellinger was 17 for 23, but he's not pushing, you down, it's no. not pushing the ball down the field. You're not worried about New England getting beat over the top. Uh, New England played well defensively in that game. Look, if there was any kind of competency at quarterback for the Jets last week, they win that game. And that roughing the passer call just changed the entire dynamic of that football game. So you're leaning towards a six with the Colts here. I'm not going to play. No, 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 oh, no, no. Oh, no Patriots. Sorry. Patriots. Yeah, yeah. And again, Bill Belichick, and look, Sam Ellinger, for all intents and purposes, is a rookie, even though he's yeah. not a rookie, right? But, like, you're finally getting to play. We know the track record. Go back to Justin Herbert's amazing rookie of the year, yeah. year and he got shut out at home against Belichick. So – he just seems to be the mastermind against a young quarterback. It didn't work against Justin Fields. I, I will give him that. Uh, but it does seem like normally the track record is you'd want to back Belichick in a situation like this. Yeah, I'll tell you the best, and unfortunately he doesn't coach anymore, the best uh, coach against rookie quarterbacks, defensive coach, Dick LeBeau. Well, he was great. Talked to Brian McFadden about, about Dick LeBeau. His eyes light up. I mean, <laughs> that was a mastermind for sure. Vikings against the Commanders. This has been an interesting one because – I don't know that there's a team the betting market trusts less than the Vikings. A good team. Great point. That the betting market just doesn't seem to back financially, at least the public. So now they're going to go to D.C. They're playing better football. Taylor Heineke's yep. now the starting quarterback with Carson Wentz injured. Maybe that was such a blessing in disguise, winning those two starts with Heineke in there without Wentz. And all of a sudden, the commanders are back to 500. They feel like they got a little bit of mojo going to D.C., and they're catching three at home. Is that enough for you? To back the home team with the field goal? Uh, it is not to back Washington. I, I would look at Minnesota here. I know Kelly's on them, but I, look, I don't think. Always. <laughs> hey, but you know well, what? They what does all, always Kelly. mean? I don't know. Why do you say always? I, I'm just, I've bet them a lot this year. It's just one of those. Uh, I, I 
think the betting market doesn't respect the Vikings enough. I know they haven't had the toughest schedule in the world, but I'll be, I know there's a lot of sharp guys on the Commanders this week, but I, I'm on the Vikings. I am on them a little smaller than uh, a normal play for me because Taylor Heineke, I do respect. I think he does bring more to this team than Carson Wentz. But You've you been know cashing tickets, though, with the Vikings. So the public that, That's what I said. I'm going to keep <laughs> cashing tickets, and everybody else can keep laughing at the Vikings. That's fine. But this is a team that's averaging 29 points, 28.6 points per game over their last five games. Right. I mean, they've been really – and here's the thing. You get the average. Obviously, you could have scored 50, and you could have scored zero, right? But 28, 28, 29, 24, 34. There is consistent on the offensive end here. Now, I think Chase Young is back in the mix for the commanders here. Um, I, I want to see this game. I don't know how much that's going to help them. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you get another you get another rusher in there yeah, yeah, yeah. against yeah. another statue in Kirk Cousins. Right, and that's, that's the number two pick overall you know, a couple years ago in Chase Young. So, again, he's got to be better – about Michael Lombardi had a great line uh, last summer where he said he leads the league in running past the quarterback. Uh, he's We're, so right about that. Right? I mean, that's what he does a lot on the edge. Takes yourself out of plays. Now, let's see if Chase, a little bit more disciplined in that pass rush to really help out that defense. It's getting better. I mean, they are being more competitive. And I don't know if that's just a Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz thing. But uh, to Kelly's point about backing the Vikings here, they're not. It's not sexy, but they are covering numbers. Just by look, I was on the wrong side last week with the Cardinals. Ch- Chase Young out this week. Okay, he's, he's out. Okay, yeah, he is back play. with the team though. Was eligible okay. to return next week. Okay, okay. sorry yeah. about that. Uh, let's get to uh, the Raiders and the Jags, and I'm going to tell you guys right now. For the last time this year, I'm going to plant the flag, and I'm back in the Raiders on the road. Laying, Sean's already laughing at me in the corner because <laughs> they're laying a point and a half. Now it's up to two. I just won't let this go. And coming off the loss, and, you know, we had Steve Mackinnon, if you're a VEASAN Pro subscriber, he's talking about traditionally teams that get shut out, how well uh, ATS they do the next week. I'm going to buy that trend. Trend is your friend, hopefully, for me this week. And I'm going to lay it. They didn't come back to Vegas. They stayed down in, in, in Florida getting ready for the Jags. Jags are awful, by the way, people. I'm going to lay the short number. I, I got no problem with this. I, I tend to agree with you. Excuse me, on the Raiders here, I think they're going to win this game as well. A um, couple things that bother me overall, big picture with both of these teams. Everybody got so enamored with the Jags. I don't know if it was after the first couple of games of the season or coming yes. into the season. They did have that dominant win against the Chargers. And then they blow the lead against the Eagles. I thought the alarm bell should have been sounded when you lose at home to the Houston Texans and you put up six points. And, and then after that, this team has really struggled. I mean, they're just not particularly good. They had three consecutive weeks where... Um, you know, they gave up 20-plus points, only, only managing to score uh, 57 points over those three stretches, averaging 19 points a game. So I like the Raiders to bounce back here. This defense is not as good as the one they faced in New Orleans. I tend to agree with you. The Raiders get on track. Jacksonville, they are who I, I they are who I thought they were. Even if they win this game, it doesn't change anything for me. They're an average team. The, the, the one average, thing, and we, had, we had Mike Pritchard on yesterday. He had the greatest description, I thought, of Derek Carr. Jittery. Yes. Right? Great word choice. I think we got two quarterbacks that are not playing with confidence in Trevor yes. Lawrence and Derek Carr. So who's going to be able to get that mojo back to win this game? I'm going to pack Derek Carr in that spot. After watching Trevor Lawrence the last couple of weeks, the, the, the kid looks – I don't want to call him a kid anymore because what, what year is this? Year two? At some point, dude, we you got to look like the number one pick in the draft, and he has not looked the part so far. Well, the one thing I'd push back at Clemson is, yeah, he physically looks the part, but he played well, but it didn't look like he wasn't Andrew Luck or John Elway. By the way, well, they were though, saying he was a generational no, 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 quarterback, right? Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, though, Derek Carr, you being a former Marine, always appreciate the service. You'd want Derek Carr, man. Nobody pulls, uh, pulls a pin faster on a grenade and gets rid of the ball than this guy. Holy Incoming! cow. 
I mean, this guy's so scared of everything. When we come back, Nick Whale is going to join the program talking NFL and NBA from RotoWire. It is Big Bets on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything VEASAN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Get VEASAN Pro Access all the way through the Super Bowl. Plus, our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. I'm all Shaw. Are you ready? Uh, Sean informed me, because I'm just not in the loop yet in the public consciousness. College basketball begins on Monday? I can't wait. But you know what? Let's talk about uh, ineptitude in basketball because we got a great guest coming on right now. Nick Whalen <laughs> is a great guest. We're going to have Nick join us right now from RotoWire, senior analyst there. You can follow him on Twitter at Whalen, but instead of the L, you make that an I. Nick, are you ready for college basketball to start on Monday? Uh, well, first of all, I love that. I'm just like the ineptitude expert, apparently. Speaking <laughs> no. of ineptitude, let's let's bring on Nick Whalen. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You did not hear what I said clearly. I said the ineptitude in the NBA. Oh, yes. I, I was very specific. I, I, I just want to be yeah. clarified. Listen, you're one of our favorite guests. I don't want to lose you. A lot of people already don't like me. I mean, come on. I got, I got to make sure I keep some people around. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But, no, I'm, I'm ready for college basketball. I'm a, I'm a Wisconsin Badgers uh, grad myself. So, it's, you know, been a, a couple down years for Wisconsin. But I don't know if you saw the, the new uniforms that the Ooh. Badgers just previewed on social media today. Kind of a, a 90s Bulls, almost like a Raptors throwback look. Wow. Uh, very un-Wisconsin-like in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, we, we've fallen on hard times here in Badgerland during football season. So uh, a lot of optimism uh, for the basketball season coming up. But I'm excited. I mean, if nothing else, it's just great for, you know, evaluating the 2023 NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wisconsin, the harbor of the Big Ten West. <laughs> Is that what they say? No, I do. They don't, but I just said that. <laughs> I love it. I would, I would steal that moniker. Uh, let's get to the NBA here, uh, Nick, because, again, you know, talking with Kelly in, in a mall here, uh, these guys have done a great job of finally th- finding those swings in the NBA, we can really lock in profit depending on maybe what you had uh, before games begin. Is that your style too, Nick? Do you look at it and go, because there's so much variance here in game that really sometimes if you don't like the number uh, before a game begins, you kind of wait and see how it looks maybe in the first quarter and find a better number, whether it's a side or a total. Yeah. I I don't do a ton of in-game betting myself. uh, Just just kind of given my schedule, I'm not often, you know, like super, super locked in on on minute to minute Mm -hmm. NBA bets. So unfortunately I have to lock a lot of things in early in the day, but no, you're right. I mean, early on, it's just, it's somewhat reminiscent to what we've seen in the NFL where it feels like there's only a handful of teams you can really trust on a given night in the NBA right now. One of those, of course, is the, the undefeated Milwaukee bucks who get the Timberwolves tonight. But um, you know, a lot of the teams that we could usually feel like we could count on in years past, you know, Miami's off to a slow start. Golden State Ugh. looks really rough. They're they're resting a bunch of starters tonight. Kind of a surprising move. Obviously, the Nets and the Lakers are, are way down as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly money to be made once you kind of see the product on the court on any given night because there's so much variance. Nick, I want to ask you about a game tonight in particular because we've seen a huge line move on this one between the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans. For people that are unaware, tonight you're wow. going to have Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins all out for the Warriors. Line sitting at 10.5 here. Before we get to this game in particular, what seems to be the problem with the Warriors from your perspective? Well, defensively, they're not the same team. That, that's the number one thing that stands out. And I think when you think of the Warriors really going all the way back to you know the start of this dynasty, 2014-2015, 
you know, you think of the shooting, you think of the offense, the up and down, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, but really what's made them so dangerous year over year is they're, they're just a great defensive team. And they, they bring guys off the bench who are good on defense. They found ways to uh, kind of hide Steph Curry on that end. That was one of the big criticisms for him early in his career is he was a liability on defense. That's not really the case anymore. Uh, and defensively, they haven't really been there quite this or early enough in the season, I should say. And, you know, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, they both came in, I wouldn't say out of shape, but I think a little worn out uh, from the end of last season, end of the summer. Um, so it's not shocking, I guess, that they're off to a slow start. But, you know, losing games to the Magic, losing to the Hornets, losing to the Pistons, those are three of their last four losses. Uh, that to me is pretty surprising. But I will say the fact that they're resting all these guys tonight on the second night of a back-to-back, essentially accepting a likely loss, that indicates to me that they're not too worried internally. Ten and a half now they're going to lay uh, – the, the Pelicans are going to lay against the Warriors tonight. Mm-hmm. Boy, if I bought a ticket and wanted to see the defending reigning, uh, you know, world champs coming to town, boy, you're not yep. going to see that group on, on the floor tonight for the Warriors. Speaking of uh, some some stars that you might want to see, you're not going to see Kawhi Leonard, uh, looks like, again, for the little bit for the Clips tonight. They're on the road right. against San Antonio. Surprising start uh, positively for the Spurs here. Spurs are catching three and a half. What do you make of Kawhi and the Clips here? Uh, right now, that, that number has ticked up a little bit to four now on the road. Yeah, I was a little skeptical coming into the year on the Clippers. You, you saw them usually around six or seven to one to win the title at a lot of books. They're, they're still hanging around that range. Numbers has dipped a little bit uh, in light of the Kawhi news. But, you know, even when Kawhi and Paul George are at full strength, I, you know, it's, it's not like we have a, a Kobe Shaq situation here. I mean, Kawhi is Kawhi. When, when, when he's on and he's healthy, he's one of the five best players in the league. I, I firmly believe that. But Paul George has been pretty up and down, especially in the playoffs throughout his career. And the rest of this roster to me is, is just very good. It's not great. You know, I, who's the, the Clippers' third best player? I think that's up for debate. It feels to me like they have a bunch of guys who should be like the fifth or sixth best player on a team. And they're asking some of those guys uh, to do a little more, bite off a little more than they could chew. So, uh, long term, I think this team has enough depth that it's going to hang around. But I also think that it, it's tough to get away with these top-heavy rosters uh, these days. There's so much talent in the NBA that just having two of the top 15 players in the league, that doesn't buy you an automatic ticket to the conference finals in the same way that it did five or ten years ago. You need to have you know deep continuity. You need to go eight, nine deep. Uh, and the Clippers have some bench pieces that are, that are fine. But to me, I, I think that whole roster has been a little bit overvalued uh, when it comes to looking at their futures odds. Talking with Nick Whalen, Rotowire senior analyst. And Nick, let's switch uh, subjects here to the NFL. You talked about teams you can trust in the NBA. It feels like the betting market really only trusts two right now in the NFL. Maybe the Eagles, they didn't cover the big number yep. last night. So now the Bills and the Chiefs have the two biggest numbers on the board this week. The Bills are going to go to New York and take on the Jets. Boy, all of a sudden that feels like a train wreck at quarterback. They're going to lay 11. And the Chiefs at home are going to lay a big number. I'm seeing 12 and a half against the Titans who have won five in a row. Nick, are we backing those bullish big numbers this week with the Bills and the Chiefs? Well, I got burned by the Bills last week. I backed them against the Packers. They ended up uh, not being able to cover that big number. And, you know, Josh Allen, back-to-back sloppy interceptions in the second half. And to me, it felt like the right play. And, you know, the Bills just kind of fell asleep. I think what happened last week, that's worst-case scenario for the Jets. You know, I think the Bills refocused. You could tell Josh Allen was really disappointed with how he played in the second half of that game. I believe the Bills only put up three points Uh in the second half. This, to me, feels like, you know, kind of an avalanche game for Buffalo. I I think this is a team that feels like it could play a lot better than it did last week. You know, they're significantly healthier than the Jets, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You're adding just another luxury piece to this team in Naheem Hines. I think that only helps. Um, And meanwhile, like you said, with the Jets, I mean, 
the quarterback situation is is pretty rough. Uh, you know, I, I think they're they're lucky to not get beat worse than they did by a New England team that I think doesn't trust its quarterback either. Mm. Uh, they played really conservatively. Uh, you're getting a completely different animal in the Buffalo Bills. So I, I really do like Buffalo to cover the 11 and a half on the road. A little more skeptical though uh, about Chiefs Titans. The Titans held the Chiefs to three points last year. Uh, I think this Titans team can control the clock in ways that a lot of other teams can't by running the ball. But I mean, if Ryan Tannehill is not 100 percent for this game, uh, which seems like a, a pretty likely scenario, obviously that that makes you feel pretty good about KC. Yeah, I like your assessment of that game between Kansas City and uh, the Tennessee Titans. We saw with Malik Willis under center, that team really became one-dimensional. I want to go to a game out west that I, I can't believe I'm saying this. First place Seattle Seahawks taking on the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Nick, um, line is two right now in favor of the Cardinals at home in Glendale. I'm not sure which way to go now. The line's come down to one and a half here at the South Point, but any particular edge you see one way or the other? Because I think this is an important game for Seattle with San Francisco having a buy, an opportunity to kind of create a little bit of room between yourself and them, and then I yep. think they've got a tough game against the Chargers out of the bye. Right, they do. And we saw this matchup a couple weeks ago, uh, also had a big total hanging around 50, and they only combined for 28. That was a 19-9 to Seattle victory where both defenses really stepped up. And, you know, honestly, that's been a trend for Seattle. We don't think of the Seahawks as being a good defense, and they weren't early in the season, but they're number two in defensive DVOA over the last three weeks. So I think this is going to be a, a much bigger test than those last couple of weeks. Obviously, the Giants offense not quite as dynamic as what you're getting in Kyler Murray, but I, I, I find myself trusting the Seahawks. I, I still don't trust Arizona. I think there's, there's some disconnect between the coach and the quarterback. I think the return of DeAndre Hopkins has been big, but you know, kind of canceled out by losing Hollywood Brown. I, I don't know that on balance, the offense is all that much better. And you know, starting to gain faith in the Seattle defense. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but normally in a game like this that I feel like is a 50-50, I would just default to the team that has the better quarterback. I think Seattle might be that team. I, I think Geno <laughs> Smith has had a better season than Kyler Murray. So I, I like Seattle uh, catching two points on the road here. I, that's my right now. That's my comeback player of the year. I think coach of the year, you can make a good argument for Pete Carroll yeah. as well. All right, speaking of who do you trust, we've got about uh, 45 seconds left, Nick. You trust Matty Stafford and the Rams or Tom Brady in the box. Supposed to be the marquee game, and these two teams, boy, have they gone south. you got to lay three with the box yeah. if you want to back Tampa Bay. I'm back in Tampa Bay. I do not feel good about it whatsoever. <laughs> this is like a, a stoppable force meets a movable object game for me. It's just it's brutal, man. I, I will say, though, the Rams, to me, they feel like a, a, a bad team that's struggling. The Buccaneers feel like a good team that's struggling. Like The, the talent is there for the Bucs. You can see the pathway out. They have more of a runway in the NFC South. Uh, this this game, I think, means more to the Rams, but I like the Bucks to win at home. I'm with you. I actually, that's one of my plays this week. I am going to trust Tom. It's a good word today, trust. And I'm going to trust Tom Brady to bounce back. Nick, we really appreciate the time and the information as always. Hey, anytime, guys. Good luck this weekend. Thank there you. he is. Follow him on Twitter at Waylon. Again, substitute the L for an I. When we come back, we're going up to Chicago to catch up with Lawrence Holmes talking Bears next on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey free uh, first goal insurance bet, Friday night college football bet, plus get Sunday football parlay insurance, and much more. Head to BetRivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ball game. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. We have our pro tip for hour number two. It comes to us. In way of the Tennessee game that we talked about earlier today. So, Hendon Hooker right now is the favorite to win the MVP. About, or excuse me, win the Heisman Trophy at about minus $1.10, right? Now, Tennessee to win this game against Georgia, plus 240. So, you might want to think about sprinkling just a little bit on Tennessee money line because kind of a core way to play. Yep. Yes, Hendon Hooker could win the Heisman if they come up short and they put up 40-plus against the Dogs. But if he does not play well, more than likely he's not going to win the Heisman. So you probably have a better shot here of winning the bigger play at plus 240 than laying the dollar ten. I would agree with you there. It seems like a rational 
train of thought. That is our pro tip for hour number two. Again, you can sort them out by show and or by sport as a VEASAN Pro subscriber, and you access those at VEASAN.com. Well, are you ready to uh, catch up with the king of Chicago? Not the sausage king of Chicago, because that would be Abe Froman from um, Ferris Bueller's Day. But he is Lawrence Holmes. He is the co-host of the Bernstein and Holmes Show on 670, the score LWH. How are you, my friend? First of all, how dare you bring me on after previewing a Tennessee-Georgia matchup? <laughs> Roll tight, first of all. Yeah, you, get, you got a degree from Alabama, for those that don't know. I didn't even know they gave him out there. Yeah, and, 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 and the idea of rubbing it in my face, the Hendon Hooker, with all of his wide receivers and his touchdowns, is the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. Yeah, I see what you're all about today, Saucy, and I don't <laughs> like it. Lawrence, I've heard very good things about you. You've heard nothing about me, but let me be myself so you can dislike <laughs> me in about three seconds. If your coach had game clock management skills, you don't lose that game to Tennessee, oh. by the way. I don't, dis- I don't disagree with you. Thank I you. also think that this has been an Alabama team that's not as good outside on offense or defense as previous Alabama teams. No doubt. Hey, very quickly. I'm not, ira- I'm not irrational. <laughs> that's fair. I'm that's not- fair. Lawrence knows I can be irrational. That is for sure. Lawrence, but we were talking about this earlier very quickly. Four to one for Bama to run the table, win the national championship. Do you think that's a good number? Yeah, I do, actually. It's funny because people acted as if things were over for Alabama after the Tennessee loss without realizing that all they have to do is win the rest of their game, and they go to the SEC title game, you win that, like, there's not going to be, you're not going to be left out of the CFP if you win the SEC. So it's all still on the table, and maybe that was the, the loss that Nick Saban needed to, to wake the tide up. We'll see. We're talking with Lawrence Holmes. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Lawrence W. Holmes. That's why I call him LWH. Uh, a great guy that everybody in Chicago certainly knows. And you know this Bears football team better than most. Look, you know I'm a couple of years removed now from our Chicago days together there, Lawrence. Tell me about Justin Fields, what you've seen, what this offense is doing, because it feels like they've turned a corner. They're catching points this weekend. I know Amal really likes your Bears this week. Is this real? Are, what we're seeing, is this something that Bears fans should get excited about? I'm not ready to say that it's real yet. But offensively, they're moving in the right direction. And, and if, you're, if you're looking for some, something to bet on, the, it seems as if Justin Fields' rushing yards mm. over. And I don't know. I haven't looked yet because they, they've been trying to adjust it. But last week it was 47. Well, 47 and a half was the number. Mm-hmm. I think that whatever the number is, if it doesn't get above like 55, you should consider it because now they are running they are running run plays for him. It's not just him getting yards off the of scrambles. It's designed run plays that have been put into the offense. Plus, when the offensive line breaks down, he, he can bust a run. Um, so that's where I think there's been a change in what the Bears have done. It happened after the disaster against Washington mm. where – the Bears' offense looked terrible. Everything looked bad. They had 11 days off to kind of work things through. Matt Eberflus, the new Bears coach, went and talked with Justin Fields personally and said, what do you like? What do you need? And I give him a lot of credit because they, they then went and kind of fixed the playbook so that it, it more reflects what Justin Fields does well. 
Lawrence, I want to ask you, they acquired Chase Claypool. That was a bit of a head-scratcher for me. I'm not a big Chase Claypool guy, but they bring him in, gives him some size, and I don't really believe the Bears have a true number one. Um, Mooney's a solid receiver, but I'm not overwhelmed with him. I think this team is trending in the right direction. I thought Fields played his best game of his career so far against the Dallas Cowboys. I like the Bears because they're getting four and a half. I don't know. I don't think they're going to win the game. But is this team the type of team now when we look the rest of the way, they're going to be competitive enough where you're getting almost five points Ooh. at home? I, I think it's a t- I, go ahead. Sorry. Look, I don't. I don't want to give anyone any bad advice. I just know that when you trade away your two best defensive players, sure. and and your defense has a hard time stopping people, it doesn't bode well for for your chances to stay in games. I I know that because the Bears' offense has been a little bit more explosive over the last few weeks, that maybe Justin Fields has proven that he could win a shootout, but their Bears' defense. Other than Jalen Johnson, who's an outstanding corner, everything else is pretty much a question mark. You've got a rookie at nickel. You've got a rookie at strong safety. Eddie Jackson's been one of the leaders in interceptions, but they're getting no pass rush. And the linebackers are so nondescript now that you could be seeing Miami players running up and down the field. And and the, the thing that people always assume but is completely wrong about Bears football, like the concept of Bears weather is a myth, <laughs> and it's been proven scientifically. And on top of that, it's going to be 65 degrees and sunny here on Sunday. You already and answered. I know Saucy misses that. <laughs> I know Saucy's dealing with, with some cold in Las Vegas, and he's shocked that in Chicago is sunny. And you know, Saucy, it was 75 degrees here yesterday. I don't believe it. That's not when I was there, Lawrence. That never happened this time of year when I lived there for eight years. You know that damn well. Look, I I am stunned when I look here at what the Bears are doing. And, again, we lived through the Trubisky and Pace and uh, Nagy era, right, painfully. And now you got Poles and you got Ibrafus in there and you got Justin Fields. Do you like the direction now that the front office, is this symbiotic now with the coach? Are they seeing things out of eye? I, I do think that they may have – I didn't like them trading Roquan Smith, but I understood it. The Chase Claypool thing bothered me because they, gave, they had two second-round picks, and they gave up their second-round pick, which yep. is probably going to be in the mid-30s, and they, they kept the Ravens pick, which I expect will be in the 50s because of how good the, the Ravens have been this year. I thought that that was an overpay for a player that you're kind of just trying out. Um, It's rare that the Steelers make a personnel mistake. And if they were willing to move on from Chase Claypool, I don't know if I would have gotten to a bidding war to to keep him away from the Packers. Because that's the word on the street, that the Packers wanted Chase Claypool and then the Bears came over the top with their second-round pick for him. Overall, they, they had to tear this roster down. It was, such a, it was in such a bad space after Ryan Pace left that there was a lot of work that needed to be done. But the trading of, of, of Robert and, and Roquan, Robert and Quinn and Roquan Smith, does leave their defense with more work than it needed to be done. I, I think I'm counting, just looking at their defense right now, I think they need at least, Seven new players on defense. Oh, that is an overhaul. So you've at, it's a it's a major overhaul, and I'm giving them that. I, I think Jaquan Briscoe, the safety, is going to be good. 
I'm not sure about Kyler Gordon, but I'm giving them that, and I'm, I'm giving them Eddie Jackson. Other than that, they need a whole new front four. They need a whole new linebacking core, and you could argue that they need another corner opposite of Jalen Johnson. It, it, it could be a longer rebuild than expected, but if Justin Fields takes that, that next step, I think that you're going to see Ryan Poles spend a lot of money. they got $100 million in cap space. They're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of, of draft resources to try to build up that offensive line, get them more weapons on the outside, and then maybe we're talking about the Bears next year like we're talking about the Dolphins and the Eagles this year. Lawrence. You're the best. The king of Chicago. I miss you, my friend. Uh, keep locking it down. Again, everybody, check him out on the uh, Bernstein and Holmes show. And uh, I guess roll damn tide. Should we say that at all? I can't say that because uh, they might be playing my Buckeyes <laughs> for the natty. <laughs> well, Ma, how about this? How about this? We'll be friends until then. Well, you guys I, I got to tell you. need to do. I, I, just for you, I will say that then because you're such a likable guy. Roll damn tide. There it is. Lawrence Holmes. All right. You're the best. All right. Rights. Meets Mission Man uh, does a great job keeping the lockdown in the great city of Chicago. Want to thank Lawrence. Want to thank Nick Whalen. Uh, another fine show, Amal, as always. Thanks to Kelly behind the glass, as always. The final countdown is coming up next right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.